Hello, everybody. Thank you for downloading the latest episode of Mark and Hal. I have a special guest with me for this pre-roll. Hi, everybody. I Gosh, this is cool. I've never done one of these. Yeah, welcome to the very beginning of the show. I know you had something special you wanted to share with everybody, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seed it over to you. Go for it, Mark. Uh, I do. Thank you all for listening. Uh, this is uh, – we have just begun an election year in the United States for the next president, and we thought that this would be a great opportunity to try to decide who the greatest president of all time was. So uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. Did we do that right? We did. Oh, good. So now, without any further ado, here's the latest episode of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best former president. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. What's up, everybody? I'm very excited about today's episode, Hal. Uh, you should be. This is like right up your alley and right out of mine. This really is. <laughs> um, like when we did our Marvel versus DC, you guys were saying things that I did not understand at all. Yeah. But I have one very particular, uh, nerd fandom thing and it is U.S. presidents. I'm obsessed with all of them. And today I couldn't be more excited. Well, then you uh, should be thanking Hunter J.E. on, on Reddit. Hunter J.E., thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Let's tell the folks, Hal, what our topic is for today. The topic is, who is the best former U.S. president? The best – see, this is a former U.S. president, so we can, you know, avoid talking about uh, the last, you know – the the current president and i would even say w- nobody from the last you know 30 years is going to win i think that's that's fair to say there are a lot of people here if we gave our due to every single person who has ever been president then we're we're running through 43 different people when we know that it's going to come down to a handful now i don't want to i don't want to gloss over any of the presidents i want to give them all their due i want this hall of presidents to be full hal don't just come at me with your Je- <laughs> with your Jefferson, uh, Roosevelt, Washington, Lincoln, guys on Mount Rushmore. BS. All right. We're going to talk about every president. <laughs> I'm hardcore Van Buren. I don't know what you're talking about. Martin Van Buren, uh, was a, was a dandy president with love, lovely sideburns. That's right. So uh, I'm just saying, like, we know there are a lot of people who aren't going to win. We might, you'll probably do better than I will. Cause as, as we've made clear, um, I am in your house now. I'm out of my element. And basically <laughs> what I know about presidents right now or like the presidents I'm really into are all of the ones who are featured in the musical Hamilton or the HBO miniseries John Adams, <laughs> which are Perfect. pretty much same guys. Same guys. Yeah. It was same time period. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, there's a great historian named H.W. Brands out of the University of Texas in Austin who is my favorite historian. And uh, if you ever want to check out some interesting presidential uh, facts and uh, tidbits, he's a great guy for the human side of all those stories. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a fan out of you yet, Hal. I'm excited. Um, 
I, I want to go back a little bit and say the other reason that I'm going to eliminate any president from the last uh, like 35 years is because that feels too recent and the politics of that seem a little bit important for what we do. Our show is designed to transcend the traditional debates that happen in this country. Isn't I, that right, Hal? I couldn't agree with you more, Mark. I think uh, a lot of times – we we shy away we certainly shy away from things that seem too um stern or important and i i was thinking about this mm-hmm. when i got the topic the first thing i thought when i saw it was mark's going to love this and the second thing i thought was this is a great one to talk about cuz it's really about history more than personal politics for example a lot of people love lincoln i'm sure he's going to be one of our finalists and he was in fact a republican regardless of what those political parties meant then he is a Republican. That's That was his political party. And for people who yes. are Democrats, that could be, oh, well, I like this guy and he happens to be a Republican. That's history. And I agree. Like you- The parties were also not the same uh, back then that they are now. They've done so many reversals and changes of uh, with the tides of how things work. Uh, back then, I mean, the Republican Party wasn't the conservative party. It was the radical Republicans and the ones who the more conservative ones who wanted to keep the status quo. They were the ones that wound up, you know, seceding from the union. Right. So there you go. Already. So, Already things I'm learning <laughs> because yeah. I I really wish – here's the thing. Uh, Hamilton and John Adams, which I'll keep coming back to you because they're my current frame of reference. Mm-hmm. I really <laughs> wish – I really wish Hamilton had existed when I was in high school learning American history, like really learning it because it's so mm-hmm. – it really pulls – like I never thought I would care as much about the Federalist Papers – as I as I did after listening to the album, because I wound up going. Did you read any of them? I, I've not read any of them yet, but I've been reading about them mm-hmm. to the point where I'm like, oh, these are important documents in our nation's history. I should read them. I'm, am I going to read 85 essays defending the Constitution? I may not. Have you? How many of them have you read? Have you read all of them? Uh, no, I've only read excerpts from the Federalist Papers. Though I did once sit down and read the entire U.S. Constitution. That's but you're a real American. It is dry. <laughs> no laughs at all? No, man. That needs a, that needs a Joe Esterhaas or a, uh, or a Bruce Valanche to come in and punch that thing up. <laughs> or an Irma Bombeck. Yes. Forget her. The first lady of humor right, writing. Irma Bombeck. <laughs> okay. So do you want to work? I, I agree with you also because this is about history. Modern presidents. Mm-hmm. Haven't had we haven't had enough distance to tell. You really need a, a good amount of distance and perspective to tell whether somebody's a great president or not. Because some people are right reviled in their time and turn out to be not so bad the further away you get because they actually did. And some people, this. some people turn out to be uh, revered nowadays just because of their just because they were. Um, you know, they did something or they, you know, they're, they were from a particular era when they may not have really even been all that spectacular. Right. All right. So should we go chronologically through the presidents? I was going to say, I feel like, I feel like call. this may be one sided. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to monopolize an episode, but this, this is something I'm very passionate about. Well, I hear, let's do this. Okay. Let's say the last 30 years. That all of those presidents, we haven't had enough time to, to really judge their presidencies. And, and that eliminates Great. our, our political thoughts about them out. So, 
both Bushes, Great. Clinton, Carter, Reagan, Ford, and Nixon. Is that? Or uh, actually, well, that's going even further back for us. Back. Though I don't think any of them are going to win. No, but we'll talk about all of them up to uh, Ronald Reagan. Okay. So, let's say anyone that's before our lifetimes. I'd say let's go back in time. How does that sound? Go backwards? Okay, great. So uh, the first one then we'll hit is Jimmy Carter. Okay. Jimmy Carter was uh, 39th president, and he was a uh, peanut farmer from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Not going to win. He was in way over his head. Yes. He's an idealist, um, a really smart guy, but had no idea how nasty politics is and uh, was just batted around for a while and then was out in four years. But he's been one of the best ex-presidents we've ever had. The guy's built houses all over the world. He does mad amounts of charity work. Uh, he is really an elder statesman now, I think. And in dealing with what, whatever's going on in the world, not to get to too important of stuff to talk about, he, uh, I feel weird going reverse chronologically because I feel like the story of the presidency is the story of the country and it can't be told in reverse order. Is that weird? <laughs> you sound like a Disney attraction. I know, right? <laughs> Mark Gagliardi's Hall of America featuring all the presidents. I will say this about Jimmy Carter. He could mm-hmm. – uh, now with all of his house building skills, I wonder how much work he did on the White House when he was there. If like there was a leaky faucet, he would get his uh, toolkit out and get his wrench and fix it at the U-Bend, do all that kind of stuff. Well, he did famously tell everybody to put solar panels on their houses and he put solar panels on the White House. So there you go. So I don't so, know that he did it personally. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he got on his bib overalls and climbed Look, up there, <laughs> installed them. Uh, Hal, we're not talking about Jimmy Carter. Let's go to the beginning of the story of America. Okay, Let's start go at the ahead. beginning. Is that okay? Yes, because this guy, this guy could be a winner. George Washington, the first president of the United States. Okay. Um, everything he did set a precedent, and the fact that he was the first president of the United States, and he knew that. He, uh, everything he did, he had that sense of that combination of duty, honor, and humility that was needed. Because at a certain point, uh, John Adams wanted to refer to him as like your grand high excellency, his royal masterful Mac daddiness, uh, the main man, the BMOC. And Washington was like, no, just call me Mr. President. So. For that, for all that he did and establishing what the country was going to be, he still had the humility to that no president since has had, I think. Well, let let me uh, add to that, that he's a very good rapper uh-huh. and singer and seems to be very oh, upset yes. with Alexander Hamilton a lot, even though well, he is his he's right a father man. figure. <laughs> I love that you're loving this show. I'm such a huge fan of the show Hamilton and of Lynn Manuel Miranda. I've been um, trying to get Lynn on our show. I'm continuing to pursue him. Hopefully at some point it will work out scheduling wise. We we missed him last time we were in the same city as him. But perhaps in the future you will hear Lynn Manuel Miranda on this very podcast. We can dream, can't we? Sure. He's also okay? a busy guy, I believe. Yeah, he's busy writing songs for Star Wars dreaming and Moana. Okay. Doing, doing all that stuff. But I, I will say this against um, George Washington. 
and I mm-hmm. agree with everything you said positive. He did own other human beings as property. Yes, that is a big, big downside. Um, but you're go- what you're going to do in that is you're going to eliminate – not that there are many possibilities before Lincoln, but yes. you're going to eliminate everyone before Lincoln. Uh, not everyone, but a, a lot you're going to eliminate people. a good chunk of people before Lincoln. Well, I mean, Andrew Jackson is a notorious president, but I wouldn't say he was the best president. No, no, not in the least. Um, so Washington – uh, is on the list of contenders. Yes. But there are those major presidents. There's the money presidents. Um, I don't know. I think Jackson should be removed from the $20 bill and Alexander Hamilton should still be on money, even though Alexander Hamilton is going to get removed from money in favor of a female, which I think should happen. I just think that the one they should get rid of is Jackson. Yeah. They, maybe what they could do, put the woman on the 20 and then keep Hamilton on the 10. Plus, uh, Hamilton's Perfect. about to win a bunch of Tonys. <laughs> All right. Uh moving on. That's uh Washington. Yes. Adams, it's not going to be Adams. He literally made it illegal to uh say bad things about him with the <laughs> Alien and Sedition Acts. Yes. Uh everybody loves Thomas Jefferson. He's on um he's on Mount Rushmore. I am not a fan of Thomas Jefferson. I feel like everything great that he did, he did before he was president. He actually hated his presidency, left it off of his uh, tombstone as one of his life accomplishments. Right. He didn't like the presidency, and it wasn't particularly fond of him. But he was uh, he was the first two-term president. He was. And he – And he was the first, even though he hated presidential power – uh, and didn't trust it because of Adams's administration. He did make the biggest, boldest move a president had ever made in making the Louisiana Purchase. Yes, although wasn't that uh, wasn't that mostly? Didn't James Madison help uh, to negotiate that? Am I am I right? Uh, yeah, James Madison. James Madison, as you have learned from Hamilton, yes, was Thomas Jefferson's right hand man. Yes. And Jefferson, great in a rap battle. I will give him that. Yeah. Uh, but another, really, really good at rap battle. Has great hair, too. Yes. Great hair. Sounds a lot like the Marquis uh, de Lafayette, but without a French accent. But I'm not going to hold that yeah, against and him. Also, and also without the man bun Yes, that the Marquis de Lafayette had. Yeah. You guys, if you see this show, it will make so much sense. And what we're saying is hilarious. I can't imagine that there are a lot of people who listen to us who have not also listened to that. That is very true. Uh, that show is a show for smarty pants who like entertainment. And I like to think that our entire audience is smarty pants who like entertainment. Yes. But uh, so Thomas Jefferson, another person who owned people. And the, I feel yeah, like the so Sally Hemings out. stuff. Yeah. See, see you later. T- see you later, TJ. Yeah. And yeah, you're done, TJ. And guess what? Um, Take Jimmy Madison with you because your wife is more famous than you. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. And you are a five foot two sourpuss. Can we put, who's a very tiny man. Can we put Dolly Madison up for this? Or are we going to do a different one that's first lady? Nah, we should do best first lady as a separate one. Though Dolly Madison famously saved the portrait of what who, of who might be the greatest president. Yes. When they burned down the White House during the War of 1812. Absolutely. Thank you, Dolly. Um, Enjoy right, your so, stuff uh, in heaven. Next, James Monroe presided over the era of good feeling. And James Monroe did an awesome thing. I don't think this uh, this makes him the greatest president, but it is definitely worth a mention. He, uh, he proposed the Monroe Doctrine, which was basically he said to the world, 
uh, this continent is ours. We don't want anyone in Europe coming over to this continent anymore. He basically licked the entire country, called dibs, and gave a middle finger to European settlement. Which kind of gives him an awesome honorable mention. Oh, why isn't why isn't he on the hundred dollar bill doing that? I mean, I love right? Ben Franklin. Yeah, I would trade it out in a heartbeat. Licking the country and giving the finger to England, going, yeah. "It's ours now." <laughs> the Monroe Doctrine. Clearly not going to win. No, but a cool guy. Yeah, and the last of the founding fathers, last president to wear knee breeches and not long pants, which <laughs> kind of makes me think he would be like. Like, if Bernie Sanders won this election, uh, being an older gentleman, yes. and he was, like, dressed, like, straight out of the late 60s or early 70s, like, wearing a madman suit coming in, you know? <laughs> wearing that hat with no, the feather in awesome. it. Like, the little pork pie yeah, with the feather in it. <laughs> oh, it's cold outside. I need my, my hat. And he was- Well, uh, you know what that feather is called in his hat? Yes. Uh, macaroni. macaroni. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, John Quincy Adams, though, though he, but he was the son of John Adams, obviously, and he ended the War yes. of 1812. He negotiated. He was better as a congressman after the war. He did negotiate the, uh, no, uh, Monroe negotiated the end of the War of 1812. Uh, that's, that's not what my research here from Kate McManus says. Kate. I may have be. You, have you hung me out to dry? Hi, I don't think so. I think you've hung Mark out to dry where he should be because he's true. all wet with shame. For getting that wrong. Shame. Although I will say, I'm sitting here looking at a list of the presidents in order. I know mm-hmm. Mark knows them by heart. I do. Come on, man. This is my this is my jam. Yeah. So John Quincy uh, Adams, not going to get it. And- John Quincy Adams, not going to get it. Big crybaby. Also, totally stole the presidency um, <laughs> with the corrupt bargain of 1812 or 18... 18- 20, 16, I don't know what the year was. The corrupt bargain. Basically, Congress got together and said, uh, I'll make you president if you make me secretary of state once you're president, because that's the pathway to the presidency. And John Calhoun, uh, sort of said, fine, do whatever you want as long as I get to keep my slaves. All of this, uh, can be found in another great musical, Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, who was the next president who was a monster and has no business being on our money. I like to think of him as the Steve-O of presidents because of how wild that, like, I've, I have read in my greatest source, which is Uncle John's bathroom reader, that he left the mm-hmm. White House in a shambles because he would throw crazy yeah. parties and spit tobacco juice everywhere and fire off guns. Yeah, he left the White House in a shambles on his first day. He threw an inauguration party and literally opened up the doors to the White House. That's twice I've said literally on this episode. I'm going to try and curb that. Uh, <laughs> and he opened up game. the doors to the White House uh-huh. and just let riffraff in. And, uh, cause that was, cause he wanted to prove that he was a man of the people. Yes. That was, uh, that was old. Andrew Jackson for you. And, uh, you know, he tried to shut down the bank. He really asserted presidential power. Now, as a president, he was powerful. Yes. He was the first president, I think, to really do things, um, in during recesses when Congress wasn't around. That's when he got to do all his like shady stuff <laughs> because back then there was no, there were no cell phones or television to know what was going on. Yes. Congress would say, he'd say, I want to shut down the bank. Congress would say, you can't shut down the bank. And then Congress would leave Washington and be like, oh, nobody's in Washington anymore. I'm going to shut down this bank. <laughs> it's like, if you think like, House of Cards is bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He is 
he is so much worse than anything on House of Cards. I mean, the good thing about him, if you want to say it this way, would be Manifest Destiny, which led to the westward expansion of the United States. However, that came at a terrible cost because he basically uprooted the entire Native American population that was left from the other white people who had moved them off of their land and moved them – not only moved them off their land, but basically turned them into game to be hunted down by uh, terrible army people. Am I wrong? The most dangerous game. The most dangerous game. Ask Jean-Claude Van Damme. He knows. He was a hard target. Oh, jeez. Oh. So that – Yeah, Um. not a not a great – not a great president. Right. A powerful president, a real jerk. And uh, on behalf of all Tennesseans, I would like to apologize for my fellow statesmen. <laughs> what a man you are. What a man. You know? I do what I can. Uh, now, all right. After him was Martin Van Buren, who was basically his sidekick. Yes. Uh, but he was sort of a dandy. It was funny because uh, Martin Van Buren believed everything that Andrew Jackson believed. But he was a city boy. He was a little frou-frou and fancy. And um, nobody really thought of him as Jackson's equal or even politically the same as Jackson just because they were so opposite looking. And I think it was, I believe it was right after this, in the next election, the other party ran, uh, they ran William Henry Harrison, who was, uh, who was a war hero of the Battle of Tippecanoe, who looked like Andrew Jackson. They literally just put out a war general who looked like Andrew Jackson because Andrew Jackson was so wildly popular in the way that Donald Trump is popular now. Um. <laughs> He was so wildly popular, they put this guy out whose politics were completely opposite of Andrew Jackson's, but because they'd had four years of Martin Van Buren, um, and that he didn't look as cool as Jackson did, even though he had the same ideas as Jackson, but he just wasn't as good at it. Right. Uh, the other party ran this guy it was like, Hey, you want to return to the way Jackson did things? And they put Tippecanoe up there who died 100 days into his presidency, so he's not going to win because he was a dummy and didn't wear a coat to his inauguration. Let me say this um, about Martin Van yeah. Buren very quickly. The The mm-hmm. way I first learned about him when I was when I was a kid mm-hmm. and the monkeys were in reruns and they call mm-hmm. – they have like a radio call in and Peter, Peter, I think, answers the phone and they ask him who the eighth president was and he says Martin Van Buren, which leads to a hilarious uh, Martin Van Buren reference later on in that episode. But that is the most I knew about him until you finished talking just then. <laughs> well, I do what I can. That's right. So we're on to John Tyler. And that's the most I've learned about the Brady Bunch. That's <laughs> See, we're yin and yang to each other. That's right. So it's not it's not going to be Van Buren. It's not going to be William Henry Harrison because he died uh, so quickly. It's not going to be John Tyler who was his successor, who they called his accidency because he was the first – uh, he was the first vice president for a president who died in office. And the thing that John Tyler did that was awesome, uh, was nobody knew, uh, no, they, they knew that if the president died, the vice president took over, but it was never really clear if that was a temporary thing or not. And John Tyler was the one that came in and said, Oh, no, no, that means I'm president now for the rest of his term. <laughs> John Tyler asserted that. And I think it was also him whose wife came up with Hail to the Chief, which kind of puts Tyler in contention because he's the president who gave the president a theme song. 
Okay, I'll I'll accept it for now. All right, who's next? Next would be James K. Polk. James K. Polk. Yeah, another mid-level, uh, you know, kind of Jacksonian. It was the age of Jackson. They called this the Jacksonian era. Yes. He was another guy. He was like Jackson Light, another Manifest Destiny guy. I think he fought us up with Mexico for a while. Not going to win, right? Am I with you? Are you with oh, me Oh, I'm this? with you 100%. Also a Tennessean. Sorry again. <laughs> I think we're learning something. Yeah. What about uh, Tennessee has had three terrible presidents. Yes. Uh, what about uh, Zachary Taylor? Zachary Taylor died because he uh, ate spoiled cherries and drank spoiled milk uh, like a year into his presidency. Yes. He was a schlop. He was a schlubby war general that got made president or got elected president because of they liked generals at this time. And and uh, he died of a tummy ache. Good lesson to me. For the way I eat, um, Millard Fillmore. Right, stop eating like a child. Yeah, stop eating. I can't. I can't have rotten milk and cherries now. What on earth? This is America. <laughs> last time I checked, Mark. Uh, Millard Fillmore was the vice president who finished out uh, Zachary Taylor's term. Did absolutely nothing important. And the last of the Whigs. Last Whig president. Uh, was he the last of the Whigs? He was. Yeah, he's the very last one, and he was followed by. Do you know Franklin Pierce? Yes, of course. Franklin yeah. Pierce. Uh, Franklin Pierce, sad, terrible president. Yes. He tried to appease everyone, appease nobody, and died very, very drunk and very broke. Not broke, broken. That's what I meant. Yes. He was, yeah. He was super sad story. This is not a hilarious episode of this show. <laughs> this is just me rattling off a list of my nerddom. <laughs> and, and they all, almost all of them end Horribly. This is basically an Edward Gorey novel come to life. Yeah. It's just terrible things happening to people. Yeah, this is this was sort of an era in the presidency of this new nation. It the president wasn't terribly important right now. What was important was going on in Congress and it was the fight over whether or not slaves should be whether or not we should still have slavery. This fight was being fought in Congress. The president was the one whose job it was to try and keep order. And uh, a series of them all in a row failed miserably at that. And that's what led to the Civil War. It was uh, Fillmore failed, then Pierce failed. And then I think, was it Buchanan next? Buchanan is next. Buchanan uh, failed, which sucks that James Buchanan failed as a president because James Buchanan was our first gay president. I was going to say his niece was the first lady. His niece was the first lady. He had a companion who lived in the bedroom with him in the White House that he wrote love letters to. He was just not allowed to be openly gay. Uh, it would be cool if our first gay president was actually, you know, um, good. Yes. But he wasn't. He was terrible. Yes. You don't want to be notable for your sexual orientation rather than your achievement. Right. Uh, in fact, he was so bad that he really fractured the union. He was worse at keeping things in order than Franklin Pierce was. Well, well then, geez, who who could possibly come along to repair a damaged nation and later turn into a robot? We've gone through 15 presidents. Yes. That brings us to the 16th, who did become a robot in great moments with Mr. Lincoln. I was recently – I was there yesterday, as a matter of fact. I went in – I was there with Jennifer, and we went in <laughs> in the afternoon. We had gone over to California Adventure and then come back to Disney, the first place we went. Was into great moments mm -hmm. with Mr. Lincoln, which Jennifer had been to before. 
But I swear when he stood up out of that chair, she lost her mind. Like a wizard had appeared. She was like, whoa, because she forgot <laughs> that he stood up. And it's a ve- like it's almost like a person would stand up, but not quite. I mean, it's yeah. a great animatronic that is they can do incredible things with animatronics. Yeah. It was it's almost 51 years old. It's a, it's essentially the exact same thing that it was in the 1964 World's Fair. It's still mm-hmm. incredible to look at and it makes you think like, "Oh, what a great president. I'm going to forget that the movie Lincoln was ever made and wish that he had had uh, more time in office." You didn't like the movie Lincoln? Uh I'll be honest with you, I fell asleep during it. I fell asleep. He, <laughs> it's a movie about policy. Well, he was walking around, and then I woke up, and he was on a table dead. And I thought, oh, I missed the entire yeah. movie, I guess. <laughs> because I've seen almost everything I know about Lincoln in office up to this point. I know a lot about, like, rail splitting and uh, uh, the really long debates that he had pre-presidency. Yes. With Stephen Douglas. Yes, the Lincoln-Douglas uh, debates. That lended their name to a debate style used in high schools around the country. Yeah. I wonder if their debate was like the way a rhetorical debate is now, where they were just like, I want to be president right now because it would be really good. I don't know. We have to end slavery and the civil war is going to be happening. We got to stop that right now. Thank you. Is that how debate teams do it now? Oh, yeah. I saw a documentary on, on HBO and it was like – they're just trying to get as much information out as possible. They carry around these crates of like papers and notes, but I don't know. Who don't they have phones? They do, but they have, to, I mean, the amount you'd have to scroll so fast, you'd break your finger. It's like every, it sounds like a bunch of micro machines guys debating with one another. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know who. Whoever didn't pass out wins, because I don't think they're taking breaths. Well, that's not what debating is supposed to be. I want somebody to get up. You know what? Somebody, the next person that gets up there in a pair of suspenders and like a <laughs> William Jennings, Brian swagger yeah. and that sort of like foghorn, leghorn voice. Right. That would be, uh, th- that guy's got to win every debate, right? Or girl yeah. has to win every debate. Of course. Because if someone just, well, the facts in this case, like I would go with that guy. I say, I say. So Lincoln's, Lincoln gets, Lincoln like gets a bye to the finals, right? Yeah. The guy freed the, uh, he gets a, he gets an immediate bye to the finals. Um, so let's save him for the finals. We've okay. talked a little about Washington. He'll make the finals. Lincoln will make the finals. Let's go. Uh, let's continue on. Andrew Johnson, the third president from Tennessee. Yes. Uh, botched reconstruction. Not going to win. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. And then it's a series of crap for a long time. Yes. Civil War hero Ulysses S. Grant. Yes. So Ulysses S. Grant, in uh, he was the one that introduced just giving your buddy a job into the U.S. presidency. Uh, he was followed by uh, Rutherford B. Hayes, I believe, who was just a compromise president that yes. nobody really wanted there. He was just – he looks like Drew Brees. If you look at an old picture of <laughs> uh, of Rutherford B. Hayes – yeah, if you look at – seriously, if you look at a picture of a young – uh, Rutherford B. Hayes, he looks exactly like Drew Brees. I will so say. So that's a point in his favor. And, and he was the first president to use a phone. Do you want to guess what his phone number was? One. Correct. Was it really? That was his phone number. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's right. I love that. There you go. Um, so this is a time when the Titans were sort of booming in the 1870s through the end of the 20th century, where the president and the Congress was doing most of the work. The presidency was 
uh, terribly unimportant. So you had, uh, after Ulysses, uh, or I mean, after Rutherford B. Hayes, I think you had, uh, Garfield, then Chester Arthur. Yes. And, uh, then Grover Cleveland, then Benjamin Harrison, who was just a grumpy grandpa. Yep. Then Grover Cleveland again. Yes. Um, these were all, these guys all have their eccentricities and, um, you know, Chester Arthur used to brush his sideburns and wear a fur coat and walk around Washington. He thought that the presidency was just a reward that he had received. <laughs> and he did literally did. Oh, there I said it again. He did not care. Uh, I think he gave like one important speech about uh, currency. That was it. Right. And all he did was wander around Washington in his dandy fur coat. Um, I don't want to discount James, uh, James Garfield too soon. He was brilliant. Yes. He was a brilliant writer, uh, but he was assassinated. Was he the first one assassinated after Lincoln? Uh, I think so. Do you know why I know he was assassinated? Why? Uh, because of the musical assassins. For a kid who did not like musicals growing up, <laughs> I wound up living yeah. with a lot of musical theater majors in college. And, uh, mm-hmm. one of my very, uh, very best friends, Steve Wargo, was in mm-hmm. uh, was in Assassins. They did a production of Assassins, and he played Charles Gateau. And his that was his big well, thing. Was, I want to be ambassador to France. So. Yeah, this was the guy that killed uh, the guy that killed James Garfield. Was had no political ideology. He was just annoyed that the president didn't. He was a crazy man. Yeah. who thought that he and the president were buddies, and then when the president give, didn't give him a job, he was insulted. Oh, uh, so James Garfield, a brilliant man killed by a great big crybaby. Yes. Uh, um, so that was when Chester Arthur and then Grover Cleveland, uh, who to his credit, they tried to smear him with a, uh, with a baby scandal mm-hmm. and he fully fessed up to it. Yes. Most honest president, perhaps. Yeah. I think the, the only- what? Yeah. Apparently, the only thing that was a lie of his was he had a he had a tumor removed from his mouth on a yacht and lied about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a good. very honest man, but at a time when the presidency wasn't really doing anything important. Hold on a second, though. Um, How do you lie yeah. about having a surgery in the late nineteenth century to your mouth? Do you like show up? You <laughs> must have huge bandages and like a gaping, stapled, poorly sewn together scar. They're like, uh, yeah, but also remember when people went on vacation or when people left town, it was like, oh, I just suppose I'll never see that person again until they come back in however many months. But I don't think he was gone for that long. I mean, somebody let me know how long he was gone. He had to come back with like a big Frankenstein on his face. And they were like, hey, uh, <laughs> President Cleveland, Mr. President, what happened? He's like, I don't know. I'm fine. That's it. Don't worry about it. What, what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm fine. You must be crazy. You have a scar on your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you what. On that right. note, let's take a quick break. We're, we're about to okay. enter the 20th century. So we're yes. about to get to, to the, uh, the, all of the remaining qualified presidents for this. So let's, let's take a break to hear from, for us, some of the founding fathers and mothers ah. of, of, uh, the Maximum Fun Network. I, that may not track at all. Here's hoping it does. I'm Biff. And I'm Teresa. And we host the podcast One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. Parenthood. It turns out it is very difficult, but we all get up every day and do it again. It's like the sign says if you're going through hell, keep going. 
So join us each week as we strive for less judging and more laughing. Find us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts when your children aren't around. I listen to Bullseye because no show does a better job of showcasing the best creators we have today. It's like the liner notes on a favorite album, but for everything in culture. It makes me happy to hear music I've never heard before, voices I've never thought to listen to, and culture recommendations that are outside my comfort zone. That's why I listen to Bullseye. You should, too. Bullseye's your guide to what's good. From MaximumFun.org and NPR. And we're back. Welcome to the 20th Century Presidency. Well, we're bridging the gap now between the 19th and 20th centuries with uh, William McKinley. William McKinley was a president who was hand-selected by the titans of industry. That is that is how corrupt things were at this time. But that's all about to change with the coolest president we ever had. <laughs> William, because William McKinley was also unfortunately assassinated. Um, his, his, uh, successor, the greatest, in my opinion, the coolest, at least president of the United States, Teddy Roosevelt. Yes. Was the vice president and had been made vice president by the political elites because at that point in time, vice president was where they sent people who they wanted to get rid of politically because the vice president has no power until the president dies. Unfortunately for the political elite, President McKinley was assassinated, and the guy that they were trying to get rid of, the reform-minded politician they were trying to get rid of by making him vice president, was now the man in charge. And he completely changed the presidency and did some amazing, awesome things. What are a few of them? Well, he started the National Park Service. Uh, if he didn't start it, he vastly expanded it. He was a very serious conservationist. Right. He... um he was known as the trust buster. He went after these giant, uh, corporate mega, uh, companies and these banks and, uh, the, these groups that had kept their thumb down on the working class. And he came in and busted those up to the best of his ability. JP Morgan was a rival of his for his entire life. He was a champion of, uh, of the working man, even though he came from really, uh, really elite background. I mean, I could talk about, I could talk about Teddy Roosevelt for hours. Uh, I will just say, I will just tell a couple of cool stories about him. Um, a couple that, uh, that may put him over on this list. Okay. Uh, he was once shot in the chest while, uh, while walking up on stage to give a speech. Luckily, his speech was insanely long and he had his, uh, script in his pocket. And the bullet lodged in the script, or it went through the script and lodged in his chest, but didn't hurt him too badly. And he looked down at the bullet hole in his chest and went, you're going to have to do better than that, and went up on stage <laughs> and delivered a 90-minute speech. I like uh, I like his voice. I know we have recordings his voice, of his um, voice, but I like that, that that's – he constantly sounds like he's making fun of you. Like he's just going to repeat back yeah. what you said in that voice. <laughs> Like death to the president. No, death to the president. He also did a lot of ballsy moves that maybe a president shouldn't have done. Like he wanted to take the U.S. Navy that he had really built up. He was obsessed with the Navy. He'd been formerly, uh, under or, uh, vice secretary of the Navy. Right. And, uh, 
he uh, he really wanted to build up the Navy and did and then sent them on a tour around the world to show the world how strong we were. And Congress said, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to send them. We don't have enough money to do that. And Teddy Roosevelt said, "Okay, sent them anyway. And once they got halfway across, they ran out of money. And Teddy Roosevelt said, you're not going to leave them out there, are you? (laughs) So they had to pay for the rest of the trip to bring them back home. So that is uh, some of the great – those are great anecdotes of Teddy Roosevelt, a man who had a really incredible career. He was an asthmatic kid who realized that his asthma was going to prevent him from moving as far forward in life as he could. So he exercised the asthma out of himself. He really is Ron Swanson. Yeah, he is Ron Swanson. He's the Ron Swanson president. That said – he was very, very mean to his friend, uh, Mr. William Howard Taft, because he promised that he was – Teddy promised he was only going to run for one term because he finished out most of McKinley's term. He said he was only going to run for one term, and then instead of running again, he handpicked his friend Taft, which made him easily get elected, and then Taft started rolling back all the things Teddy had done, so – Teddy started saying terribly mean things about uh, President Taft, really personal things. And Taft would cry himself to sleep reportedly uh, in the White House. Oh, so Taft is and uh, Taft is the me of presidents. Yeah, Taft is the Hal Lublin <laughs> crying himself to sleep of president. <laughs> to be fair, you don't cry yourself to sleep because TR is yelling at you. Yes. You cry yourself to sleep because you're watching a particularly poignant episode of Orange is the New Black. <laughs> I can't help it. Gets me every time. I just wish I had a special bathtub to <laughs> relax in while I watched it. He was a big fella, that guy. Yes. And then this is all in a great Doris Kearns Goodwin book um, called The Bully Pulpit. And then what happened, unfortunately, for those guys and their party, Teddy Roosevelt ran as a third-party candidate, split the ticket, and the next president was Woodrow Wilson. So as great as I think that TR is, um, is he going to win? Can we put him in the finals? Yes, we can put him in the finals. Thank you. I was worried you were going to say no, and I was going to have to accept it. Basically, we're putting everyone on Mount Rushmore except for uh, Thomas Jefferson in the finals. I think I think he knows what he did. Um, All right. So after uh, after that, oh, President Wilson, Uh, President Wilson was responsible for our first female president because President Wilson had a stroke and his wife took over secretly as president for like a year and a half. Awesome. There's a great drunk history story about that. (laughs) <laughs> um yeah that's one of my favorite uh favorite weird little presidential tidbits is that edith wilson was the president of the united states yes for all intents and purposes he's also one of the people and did a fine job one of the people behind the league of nations yes uh woodrow wilson um famously created the or was uh a part of creating the league of nations which did which didn't work but turned into the un and the un's awesome yes yeah, so so notable for that not anywhere near making mm-hmm. the list. Neither is Warren no. G. Harding, the scuzziest of presidents. Scuzziest? Yeah, frat boy. <laughs> Warren G. Harding used to just throw ragers in the White House. No kidding. <laughs> he was just a he was just the good old boy, country club, loudmouth, tell a fart joke kind of guy. <laughs> you you, um, you got to have your share of dude bros in the White House, but he definitely he seems really like, is like 
like the kind of guy. Who, you know what? He, you know what Warren G. Harding was? What's Warren that? G. Harding was President Rob Riggle. <laughs> That's who Warren G. Harding was. I feel like if Warren G. Harding had been like in his twenties a couple of years ago, he would have been the guy who came up with bum fights. Like that's who he would have been, <laughs> or the the or um, uh, what is it, Martin Screlly? He would have been that guy who just oh that guy jacks up the price of things and then like like a like a like a Doctor Evil type villain. The whole personal Wait, look, he's not he's not a villain. He was just kind of a frat boy who liked to party. That doesn't make him a terrible monster like Martin Screlly. Look, you're always a step away. You're always a oh, st- that geez. that dude broness. That's a gateway drug to everything else. So All right. at- uh, after that, Calvin Coolidge. We had uh, Calvin Coolidge served in the Roaring Twenties. Uh, silent Cal, not did not a man of many words. Yep, a forgettable president. Uh, he was during Prohibition, right? Prohibition was uh, his era. Uh, he was twenty three to twenty nine. Yeah, and then. Um, and then after him, of course, after the stock market crash, Herbert Hoover came into power. And Herbert Hoover was a big friend of uh, the corporate world and his policies to try and pull people out of this depression just sunk them way, way, way deeper into it. Can I say one cool thing about him, though? Sure. He and his wife spoke Chinese when they didn't want anybody else to know what they were talking about. Okay, that's kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, it's great. Not a chance of winning, but a very cool trick. Like to right. That that's like the, being a child of an immigrant and not learning the language of your parents, so that all of a sudden everybody's speaking like <laughs> Yiddish around you, and you have no idea what's going on. But imagine it's the yeah, which is uh, there's a little bit of comfort in that. Yeah, it's like none of my business. Fine. Now, I have a feeling – As a kid, like, every once in a while, my grandparents would speak a little bit of Italian to each other. Yeah. And I had no interest in knowing what they were talking about because it was probably grown-up stuff and I didn't care. I was going to go watch cartoons. (laughs) I'll leave the Italian to the experts. I have to go check out the Smurfs. Exactly. All right. So that that brings us to another guy who potentially is a finalist? Yeah. This guy served longer than any other president, was elected four times. Uh, got us out of the Great Depression, created Social Security, created Medicare, uh, created the WPA, got America working again, and uh, won World War II. That is a lot of achievements for one dude. Yes. Uh, that is Franklin Delano Roosevelt, also a Roosevelt and also an awesome badass. And also aware of those pants-nay style glasses that appear to be handed down through all the different members of the Roosevelt family. <laughs> <laughs> he actually – I think he wore those because he was such a fan. He was a huge fan of his cousin Teddy. I think they were fifth cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would talk about – he was the like, – Teddy's family was the Oyster Bay Roosevelt's and he was the Hudson River Roosevelt's. And uh, and he would – you know, he would say, oh, Uncle Teddy's the president. Oh, well, if, uh, if Uncle Teddy can do it, I can do it. And he was sort of groomed from the time he was teeny tiny to become the president. Um, and man, he, uh, yeah, he's, I, it's like all the presidents that have major monuments to them, whether it's the, uh, whether it's Mount Rushmore or the dime, right? You know what I mean? Like these are the ones that are going to wind up being the presidents that are making the final cut. Also first um, and presidential those, we library. We just mentioned a few of his accomplishments. Was he really? Yeah. First presidential library huh. was, was FDR. So after him was Truman. 
Harry Truman uh, dropped the bomb, killed a lot of people, had to do it, uh, made a tough decision as president that no man should ever have to make or woman should ever have to make. Yes. But he was the first president to ever have to make that call. Yes. Uh, and he's not going to um, make the finals, but sorry. No, he's not. Sorry, Harry. Sorry, Harry. Sorry, Haberdasher Harry. Yeah. Then we have uh, Ike, Dwight D. Eisenhower. Everybody loved Ike. They liked him. They didn't love him. They they liked him because he was a war hero. Yeah. And every this was a time when everyone was, you know, putting the gloss on things, saying that everything was fine when it wasn't. To Ike's credit, though, his very last move in office was to say, hey, remember how we've pre- been pretending for the last eight years of my presidency that everything's fine? Yeah, it's not. The military industrial complex could pose a problem. <laughs> and that uh, that was the very last thing he did as president. And that paved the way for the first TV president, John F. Kennedy. Another uh, another one on in the contenders list for greatest. He's one of those guys that like he's definitely a well-known infamous president is on is on uh what is he on the 50 cent piece, is that right? Or the or mm-hmm. or a silver dollar or whatever. Um but also, like, kind of a scuzzer, like, cheated on his wife a ton, came from an affluent, yeah. uh, an affluent Boston family that may have some other kind of scuzzer stuff going on, possible mob connections. But, like, yeah. he's also, like, I mean, if Bill Clinton was the Teflon president, then this guy is made of vegetable oil because, like, nothing sticks <laughs> him. Also, the first Catholic president. See how much? Yeah. Now we're getting into an area where I know a little bit more. Now you know about these presidents. Thank you, Uncle John's bathroom reader. The thing about Kennedy that I like, I mean, he wasn't around for much. Unfortunately, he was shot in 63 and he was president in 60. So, you know, it was just a couple of years as the president, but it was the potential that he thought this country had. Yes. That's what I love about him. He said, we're going to get to the moon by the end of the decade. It was a fact that he said, he said, we're going to do it not because it's easy, but because it's hard. Like he thought this country he, they're the presidents that I think do the best and that make this list are the ones that see an ideal in the founding of this country that hasn't quite been realized yet and recognize that they can be the one to take steps to do it and take those leadership steps. Right. Abraham Lincoln did it with freeing the slaves. Uh, George Washington did it with everything that he did as president because he was the first one. Um, Teddy Roosevelt did it because he was the first president to think not um, I the president's job is to do what the Constitution tells him to do. He's the first one that went, does the Constitution say I can't do it? Great. I'm going to do this. And that's how he got so much accomplished. JFK got into everyone's imagination. That was the thing that he excelled at was telling Americans, yes, you can do this. And citizens of the world. That was part of his inaugural speech. And, uh, yeah, I think Kennedy had the potential to be our greatest president. Unfortunately, he was cut down too early in that. Yes. So, so not a finalist. Are we going to make that controversial call right now? I feel like we have to make that call. We can make that call now. He, yeah. he represented great potential for the presidency and he got a lot of cool stuff done. Well, then in the- But it wasn't under his tenure that it was done. Okay. Well, then, then in the interest of this not being a nine hour episode, allow me to summarize the next few presidents, okay? Okay. Linda B. Johnson, Beagles and giving interviews while on the toilet. Uh, Richard- Yes. Richard Nixon, uh, uh, said he was not a crook, turned out to be a crook and left the office in disgrace. Gerald Ford, 
the thing people most remember about him is Chevy Chase falling down uh, on top of a Christmas tree. And can I say something about Gerald Ford? Go ahead. Gerald Ford, uh, one thing that he did that I do have respect for is he knew that it was going to be an insanely unpopular thing. And he pardoned Richard Nixon anyway because he said the country needed to heal and they didn't need a long protracted uh, – a long trial of the former president of the United States. That would be detrimental to America's place in the world. And I feel like he was right. And it cost him the presidency. But I think the guy was right. Well, there you go. Gerald Ford, more than just uh, an SNL cast member falling over a lot. So, yeah. okay. We got the finals here. We've got Tyler, Lincoln, Washington, and FDR. Let's get rid of Tyler. Tyler we can get rid yeah, of. goodbye. Yeah. That gives us three. Lincoln, FDR, and Washington. I mean, these are uh, wait, wait. choices. Yes. Wait, hold on. What about Teddy Roosevelt? Oh, sorry. I saw Teddy Roosevelt off to the side. You are correct. Teddy Roosevelt squeaks by because Tyler gets eliminated. So we have Teddy Roosevelt, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, George Washington, and Abraham Lincoln. George Washington set precedents with everything, but that was kind of by default, and he owned people. He was a brilliant man, a great war hero, a brilliant strategist, and an amazing president. But I feel like the slavery thing may kick him out of this. I, I feel that way too, but would you eliminate him before you eliminate Teddy Roosevelt, even knowing how biased you are against Roosevelt? I'm just – I'm asking. I'm not – I'm, you know, <sighs> just curious the thought process here. We're not – we don't have to – we don't have to rank these guys, right? They're not oh, ranked. Oh, man. I don't want to – You can keep them around. I think Washington owning people is going to is going to count against him, but we've certainly noted all of his accomplishments. So we have Teddy Roosevelt, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln. A- out of these three, I think – I think your golden boy has to has to go. He just because of Taft, perhaps. Yeah, and well, also because he he blew up the main, blamed it on Spain, and started a war in Cuba. Yes. So, all right. You know what? <sighs> so it's going to be FDR or Lincoln. Yes. It's hard. Lincoln's I mean, a, Lincoln's another guy who only really got one term in office because he was killed yes, but so early. think about think about what he was able to do. I think exactly. What, I think what Lincoln what Lincoln was able to do, um, in the face of opposition, yes, fierce, fierce opposition. The, the 1930s were rough and the Great Depression was terrible. Um, and the adversary in that was the financial system, but FDR had the people behind him. Right. In World War II, he had the American people behind him. The things that Lincoln was able to accomplish in a terrible environment, uh, and still managed to Preserve the union. He was obsessed with technology. He introduced the, uh, he used the railroads and the telegraph and that's what won the union, the war. He was a smart guy. Mm-hmm. He was humble. He was smart. He, uh, there, I mean, I could sit here and say great things about Lincoln, but everybody sits and says great things about Lincoln. That's why he's on the dang penny. Yes. Um, and the five FDR is an amazing president. Mm hmm. But FDR, if FDR is worth 10 cents, Lincoln is worth $5 and one cent. 
Is Lincoln the only president who's on two different currencies? That I know no, of? No, Washington. Qu- the quarter and the dollar. Ah, there you go. Um, Sorry, that wasn't in Hamilton, so I'm not sure if that's accurate. I'll have oh to my check. God. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, of the modern presidents, Franklin Roosevelt, I would say, is the greatest. Yes. But of all time, are we ready to call this one? Think, How, what do you think? I think we are. W- would you like to do We didn't really others? even talk about Lincoln. We like, we went past Lincoln and said we were going to come back to him because we were like, uh, Lincoln's going to win. So he's so great a president. That without even going through his CV, we have determined that he's the greatest president of all time. So, so let's go. Ended the Civil War. He uh, yes. abolished slavery. That's kind of a big one. And essentially held the country together so that it could be saved again by FDR. So he, that's true. If you look at Washington, Lincoln and FDR, you've got the bump, set and spike of a volleyball team. You really to do. keep this country together. That's that's what I that's the way I see it. I uh you know what? I would agree with you. And uh I think that I think that we've made the right decision today. Yes. So people of the world, people of America in particular, who probably care the most about this, you sure. can talk about all the presidents you want and come this fall you'll have a decision to make to bring another president into office. But when you look at the greatest presidents and who you want to elect, you want to compare them to the greatest president of all time. And to do that, you look no further than our 16th president, Abraham Cornelius Lincoln. Do not quote me on the middle name. Pretty sure I got it wrong. A simple no, man. I think that's right. A simple man from Kentucky or Illinois or Indiana. Who knows where? Who? A rose. vampire hunter. Yeah. A vampire hunter taught himself to be a lawyer. And became the greatest president in U.S. history, which means, by default, he is the greatest former U.S. president. Asked and answered. There are many more questions, Hal. There are. We should answer some of them. Where would we find those questions? Well, uh, two places I can think of. One would be our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash we got this podcast or email we got this podcast at gmail.com. Or you can uh, check out the Maximum Fun subreddit where lots of questions have been pouring in. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweet. Yes. Uh, thanks always to our uh, – our, sorry, let me do that again. <clears throat> thanks as always to Mike Furman and Jonathan Dinerstein for our song and our score respectively. Thanks to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus for making me seem slightly more educated about the presidency. And graphic designer Uri Kelman. And of course, thank you as always to you, our listeners. Um, you guys are the best. I tell you every episode, but I really do mean it. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we'll keep trying to make interesting things for your ears. Uh, for Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. And for Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everyone. We, we got, got this. this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.